Welcome to Ops Fitness Podcast with your host, Scott Bisbee. Hello, everyone. This is Ops Fitness Podcast. I'd like to welcome Alex Griff to the podcast. Alex, how are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Um, so uh, tell me a little a little about yourself uh, and how long have you been a firefighter for? Uh, I've been a firefighter since 2004 and mm-hmm. I've been a career full-time firefighter now. I'm in my eighth year. I got hired full-time in 2010. So I'll be, uh, com- I'm in my eighth year right now, full time. Okay, awesome. And uh, what uh, brought you into the fire service? Um, you know, I have one family member who's in the fire department. So that was always kind of a conversation that we'd like to have. But um, it was just kind of one of those things where I didn't have a whole ton of direction after I decided college wasn't for me. So I kind of wanted something that was pretty high on the intensity level, adrenaline. Uh, I like the camaraderie with the guys every third day. So that's pretty much what drew me to the, to the fire department. Okay. Awesome. Um, I, uh, I'm kind of in the same boat. Um, I joined uh, the fire department uh, when I was 17 yeah, 17 years old. I was a volunteer uh, firefighter, and um, I was a couple months away from my birthday. I needed to be 18 to join up, and uh, it, like they they, they uh, got me on uh, the the fire hall, and they didn't really have to do that. So like after the, after that point on, I'm like, this is awesome. This is like what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, once you get going, it's definitely a great job with great rewards. Um, uh, you have lifelong friends, a lot of stories. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. In regards to uh CPAT testing, uh, you do a lot of that on the side, correct? Yeah. I, um, I run the, our, CPAT Center for basically the Southland of Chicago, and we're one of only uh, four testing sites in the state of Illinois. Okay, so that uh, that's kind of my my jam there, and uh, on the South Side is my one of my main side jobs. So awesome! So can you uh, tell the listeners listening in uh, for those that don't know what the CPAT is about? Can you please? Yeah, so the CPAT stands for Candidate Physical Abilities Test, and it is a test that uh, has been put together by the International Association of Firefighters, uh, both in the United States and in Canada. Canada recognizes it well, and the International Association of Fire Chiefs. So the Firefighters Union and the Fire Chiefs got together, and they wanted to make basically a universal fitness test that was non-discriminatory, non-biased to male, female, age, weight, whatever. And they came up with what they thought was a pretty good test. And um, it's eight events. You have 10 minutes and 20 seconds to complete all eight events. And every event and every station that you go through 
has something that directly relates to the fire ground. And one of the, one of the big kickers to the test is event number one is a Stairmaster. So simulating you climbing a high rise fire, apartment fire, some type of multifamily dwelling, something like that. And you wear 75 pounds of weight while you're doing that. So once you come off, they take 25 pounds off, but you still have to finish the rest of the test with a 50 pound weight vest on. So a lot of times, you know, that's just for new candidates or people not sure what they're getting into that, um, that can be a pretty, pretty difficult task to overcome. So, uh, is there anything else that, uh, people, uh, struggle with, uh, during the CPAT test? Yeah, there's, there's a couple events that are pretty tough and taxing on the body because basically each event builds on itself. So the stairs lead into a hose drag, the hose drag then turns into a hose pull, and then you carry two saws. So you can kind of see the progression, but another couple of events is one is the dummy drag, which is just a rescue Randy. He's a 165 pound mannequin simulating a down civilian or even a down firefighter. And you have to drag him 70 feet total, 35 feet one way, 35 feet the other way. And a lot of people just, one, that's a lot of legs. Um, That's a lot of your posterior that you have to get involved. So that is another one that's really, really tough for a lot of people to uh, to get through is the 165-pound dummy drag. For sure. Um, the combat challenge, uh, it's basically the, the CPAT. Uh, you're basically doing all those events. And again, for those listening in, the combat challenge is like uh, a competition uh, just for firefighters and it's the toughest two minutes in sports. I've, uh, I did it uh, probably uh, 10 plus years ago. Have you ever tried it, Chris? I have. I have, I have tried it. Yeah, and, uh, it it is it is tough. It is it's it takes takes your breath away. Cause it's so quick, and uh, you're definitely kind of tapping into a different energy system than you are with the CPAT. Because uh, there's no way you're going to do the CPAT in two minutes. I mean, event number one is three minutes, but uh, it's more. You know, you can walk between events on the CPAT, and the yeah. combat challenge is kind of like you put the <laughs> put the pedal to the metal and and go. Times a thousand, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, remember the last event was uh, dragging the dummy, and I was just tired, like I was done. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I grabbed the dummy, and uh, Buddy was uh, right behind me because uh, I smoked them until I got to that event. And then uh, I started dragging the dummy. I only went five feet, and I and I fell. And I'm like, oh, man, how am I going to get up? Because I'm just done. And uh, I must have been on the ground for at least over a minute. The crowd and the and the referee got behind me and said, uh, you can finish this. You can finish this. I, I And I finally finished it. My time was atrocious. It was around seven minutes, but I completed the whole course. But it was just amazing feeling having the whole crowd behind you. Yeah, yeah, they do a nice job, and they introduce you in the beginning and everything like that. They, uh, yeah, that's a, it's a that's a cool event to be a part of. Definitely. 
Um, so why do you think people struggle with uh, breathing air, the SCBA, uh, during the uh, CPAP? Uh, well, during the CPAP, you don't have to, you're not going to be actually breathing oh, okay. out of a, out of an SCBA. You're just going to have a simulated air pack on. That's where the air pack and full bunker gear is what's simulated with the 75 and 50 pounds. Okay. So, but if you're not training with that extra weight on you, that's going to affect your breathing as well. So it's just one of those things that if you're preparing to take that test, you've got to be training in that world a little bit, even if you just have a 20 pound weight vest on, I don't recommend for anybody to go out and throw on a 75 pound weight vest for the first time, first day of training, you know, kind of build your way up to that, you know, start training just as is, then get a 20 pound weight vest or an air pack, whatever the case may be. But, uh, cause that definitely has a, has an impact on how you move and how you breathe. For sure. Um, I can't remember what exactly was wrong, but uh, in the military, uh, you have to do uh, uh, something like a CPAP for uh, the military firefighters, but it wasn't exactly a CPAP. It was specifically for uh, the firefighters in the military. And uh, I had uh, trouble uh, like uh, breathing air. Uh, and yeah, like I was in pretty good shape, but... I remember um, uh, there were uh, days in the evenings where everyone was drinking and partying. Uh, one of the instructors, he, uh, he uh, took me on those wing. And again, he didn't have to do this, but uh, uh, he uh, like made me go on the treadmill and all that stuff. Uh, it, was, it was awesome. But like, uh, yeah. Well, they, they say once you put your air pack, once you do put an air pack on, and you have your face piece on and your breathing air that your breathing rate can increase by 50%. And so you're, because if you think about how we're breathing right now, you know, we're getting, you know, 95, 99% of hundred percent of oxygen that's in the air. But when you put on the compressed air and you put on an SCBA, you're now breathing out of a fixed orifice you know that's you're not able to get as much as you your body needs so the only way to combat that and get better at that is if you have access to an air pack and breathing air is to do a couple workouts a week with that on your back and that that's something that you know I advocate inside the firehouse and to you know candidates who are you know, part-time or something, and they have access to that equipment to get that on your back, not only for to get yourself more physically in shape, but also to prepare you for when you are on the fire ground and you're actually doing work. Exactly. I uh, totally agree with that. Uh, back to my uh, volunteer days, I was also working at a fitness uh, facility and I remember uh, a few times I probably wasn't supposed to do this, but I uh, I was really good friends with my uh, fire chief at the time, and I borrowed a SCBA pack, and I just went on the Stillmaster with my uh, bunker gear uh, for like uh, probably 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. That's yeah. just to get used to that weight, get used to breathing. There's nothing better than that. No, for sure. Yeah. So um, can you 
uh, please explain uh, the exercises that you, you will give uh, firefighters to help them prepare for the CPAT? Yeah, so uh, first and foremost is the Stairmaster. Yeah. You have access to a Stairmaster, you got to get on it. You got to get on the Stairmaster and you gotta, you've got to work through what you're going to work through in the test. And 20 seconds of that Stairmaster is 50 steps per minute. And that's your warm up. And then it goes into 60 steps a minute at three minutes. So for three minutes, you're at 60 steps a minute, which is moving pretty good. It's at a pretty decent pace. So if, you, if you've never done that before, get on a Stairmaster. I've had people say, well, I don't have access to a Stairmaster. What do I do? Get on a treadmill and walk on an incline. Just put that thing up, get yourself at, you know, three and a half, four miles an hour, which is a pretty good walk for some people. It might be a light jog and just crank that incline up as high as you can and just get your legs used to that, to that feeling, that motion is some of that lactic acid that's going to build up in, in your, in your lower half. So, and then as far as the rest of the test goes, if you're going to talk specifically to firefighters and candidates, get your hands on the equipment that you're going to be using in the test. So if you have access to a rescue mannequin, play around with them, drag them around the firehouse, drag them around the parking lot, whatever. We swing a 10 pound sledgehammer for one of the events where we, simulate forcing a door, striking another halligan bar. So get swinging an eight-pound axe, a 10-pound sledge, you know, find a log, find a tire, something that you can swing with and get just into that motion because you're using different parts of your body that you might not use on a regular basis. So those are the three, those are the big three that I would call it. Stairmaster, drag a rescue dummy around, and then also uh, swing a sledgehammer. Now, for the people that are, are listening, we do a training video once every couple of days. We, on our Facebook page, it's uh, Mabus, M-A-B-A-S 24 CPAT, and that's on Facebook. And I go through just, it's a quick five-minute video, what you can use in the firehouse if you are a firefighter. And then if you're not a firefighter, but you're planning to be a firefighter, things you can use that'll kind of simulate that. So to touch on the Rescue Randy, because I get a lot of, anyone can go to the local hardware store and buy a 10-pound sledgehammer and swing it off a log or something. But not everyone has access to a 165-pound rescue dummy, right? So yeah, so anything that you can now drag. Um, The best thing that I do is I say, okay, go to your local gym or go to your local sporting goods store, get a piece of rope and get a, a steel plate or a kettlebell, a dumbbell, a backpack full of rocks, tie the rope to it and work on dragging that rope. Pull that rope, walk backwards with heavy weight. It's cheap, it's easy, and it really works. Uh, that, that's, just, that's something that you can use being outside um, if you don't have those objects inside the firehouse. And if you don't have access to a treadmill, you don't have access to a Stairmaster, go to your local park, run up some hills, run some trails, get out in the woods. Um, Uneven terrain is really good because it makes you stabilize. It builds your core. You know, those are, those are some of the the important things to do to prepare for that test. Um, And then the last thing is, you know, that's a 10 minute test. So make sure you can work within that 10 minutes. I've seen people train 
where they only train for, you know, they'll do a couple minutes here, a couple minutes there, or they'll do an hour at a real slow pace. Do a 10 minute workout at a really hard pace and put your body under that stress. Those are some real benefits that, you know, that people can do to uh, really prepare for that. And then if they want to go a little bit deeper, you know, I could share my contact info and, you know, we have programs and, you know, we set things up specially, you know, for firefighters or candidates to get them through that test and help them pass. That's, that's awesome. Um, can you, uh, give you a contact info right now? Yeah. So, um, they can, one, you can contact me through the Mabus 24 CPAT Facebook page. All that stuff goes directly to me. Um, you can message it just like you would message a friend. And then also on Twitter, I'm at uh, Griff4750. So, and my last name is Griff, G-R-I-F-F, the number's 4750. That's, uh, that's where I'm at on Twitter. You can get a hold of me either one of those ways. And, uh, you know, I can touch base via email, social media, you know, whichever easiest for, uh, for the person looking for help. That's uh, really great. Thank you. Um, have you uh, ever heard of the Jacob's uh, Jacob's Ladder? I'm just yes, I have. I know a couple of firehouses that do have that piece that's of equipment, awesome. and that that's another good one. I mean, you're on all fours basically, yeah. or you know, just moving, 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 and yeah, that's a. Do you have that piece of equipment again? Anything where your legs are, you know, constantly, you know, moving. Yeah. That that's going to be a benefit to you. Yeah, I was I was uh, actually on it once, and I'm and being a, a firefighter, I'm like I gotta have this for my uh, personal training studio, and uh, it's in my garage right now. I haven't been on it in a while, but uh, it, it's the same thing uh, with uh, how to train for the CPAT. If uh, you stop training it for a bit, uh, you're gonna start that ground zero again. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the big thing when it comes to fitness for firefighters and fitness in the fire service in general is you kind of got to have a broad range of training is, you know, my, my opinion, I'm not really one to give a program that says, okay, bench press, curl this, that, you know, I'm really into the functional fitness, but you know, there's also a time and a place to say, Hey, okay, let's do some curls or let's bench press. Cause if that's what makes people happy in their training, well, they got to stay happy, but really to be successful in a, from a fitness standpoint and awareness standpoint on the job, I think you really need to do things that you're going to do on the fire ground. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, uh, I totally agree. Um, so why do you think fitness is so important to the first responder? Well, I think, I think it's kind of, you know, you break it down in a couple of ways. One, it's so important because other people are relying on you. So if you have a terrible fitness level, if you can barely get yourself up off the chair, how are you supposed to help someone in their worst time of need, right? How are you supposed to drag someone out of a building if, if you, if you can't physically do that. So one, I think just from the job that you signed up on, I think that's an important two is for just longevity. You know, you see where are those common injuries in the fire service, your back injuries, your shoulder injuries, your knee injuries. Why is that? I mean, I understand accidents happen and we have a dangerous job, but if you can 
put your body in a position to take an impact or you put your joints in a position where if you get turned a certain way, you, you are going to prevent some injury there, right? So I think from a longevity and injury prevention standpoint, it's extremely important as well. And then also, you know, after when you retire, you know, your sedentaryism is, you know, that's, that's, that's number one. Once you stop moving is when things start to go wrong. So you want to be moving now. You want to be moving when you retire. And, you know, the, the, the biggest, one of the biggest ones that's now starting to come out on the forefront is the cancer that's, that's just, the numbers are unbelievable. Well, the American Heart Association, the uh, Center for Disease Control, there's studies, clinical studies out there that are proving that certain levels of fitness and just health and wellness overall help prevent certain cancers. So I got to look into it a little bit more. I don't, I don't want to um, go too far off with you know, the numbers, but the CDC just released a new study today yesterday or today that says 40% of cancers can be linked in some way to obesity yep. and, be, and being overweight. Yep. So they, that was just released. So, and you, you know, as well as I do, you've seen firefighters and yeah. they're not all in the best shape, you know, Absolutely. so that's just the, the writings on the wall right yeah. there to be fit, to be eat a little bit better have some general health and wellness in your life and you want to live a long, prosperous life. You want to have a long, hopefully injury-free career. And I think that's where it all starts. For sure. The reason why I created this podcast is uh, because I know there's a lot of uh, other shape uh, people, not just in firefighting, but in police and uh, EHS and the military as well. And I want to do my part to uh, help that. So that's why I'm interviewing people behind the front lines like yourself. And I, th I think that's a great thing. I think it's, uh, you know, and a lot of guys and gals that I've ran across, they just, they need some awareness. Yeah. They don't know where to start. They don't know what to do. Or the big thing is they see a certain type of workout or a certain type of guy working out and they think that's, that's what they have to be like, or that's what they have to do. And that's not true. You know, if you can get someone moving 60 minutes a day, you know, or I even tell the guys that tell me, oh, I'm too busy to work out. Why do you think fitness is so important to the first re responder? Okay. Yeah. So I just think, you know, I think there's a couple big, big keys that go along with that, with having, you're having other people, on your department, whether it's fire department, police department, military company, those guys are relying on you. So you you have to one, be able to help them out of a jam, you know, pull them out of a building, carry them somewhere, and then vice versa for the people that we are, you know, sworn to protect. We're there to provide a service. We need to pull them out of a building. We need to be able to pick them up off the floor. So I think your fitness level from that aspect is incredibly important, just as for the job that you signed up at. Just, you know, we signed up for a job that is physically demanding, so we should be physically fit and physically ready to do that job. Second would be just from a longevity piece. A lot of injuries, back injuries, shoulder injuries, knee injuries, you know, those are 
because we're not moving. Our bodies are meant to move, run, jump, throw, lift, swim, all our, that's what your body's meant to do. So when your body's not doing that, you know, you can get hurt doing simple tasks. So you want to have an injury-free career. You don't want to have a back surgery or shoulder surgery. And I understand that things happen where, you know, we are in, in a job that is incredibly dangerous. Guys are going to get hurt. It's kind of like football or hockey. You're just going to get hurt eventually. But we can minimize how we're, you know, how our body is either how do we recover from that, how severe the injury is, and then last but not least, um, kind of touched on the CDC, the Center for uh, with all the diseases and American Heart Association. They're saying that 40% of cancers are some way linked to obesity and being overweight. You know, I think there in itself, the writing's just on the wall and says, hey, you know what, let's get off the couch instead of, you know, bringing in donuts in the morning, why can't we bring in some fruit or some meats and chickens, nuts and seeds, that kind of thing, and, you know, eat that, just kind of get better that way. I just think being a professional, you shouldn't be following. At least try it. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be, you know, seven times, six times a week, a couple times a week, hour here and there. I think that's just a huge benefit. For sure. Um, what would you uh, do? Uh, how would you help the firefighter um, that's a bit overweight and uh, kind of scared of the gym atmosphere? So I'd say for those individuals, two things that I always talk about is I talk about what do they want to do after they, once they retire? They put in 20, 30 years in the fire department. They want to retire and they want to collect their retirement checks and they want to do everything that they maybe couldn't do while they were working, right? Because they're working shift, working overtime, they're on call. So one, let's just, let's just realize that we're out of shape and we want to get a little bit better. I want to have a good retirement. Okay, I don't want to be retire and be stuck. So for them being intimidated in the app, in the gym atmosphere, I always say, okay, we're not we're not trying to impress anybody at this point. What are your goals? And let's do everything we can to reach those goals. And if you let's do training partner, you know, sometimes training partner is the best thing. Find something that's kind of along those same lines and say, let's go together. Yeah. So on and so forth. But as far as, as far as the intimidation thing, do what's in your wheelhouse. You know, you don't have to be doing Olympic weightlifting or powerlifting. Whatever's going to make you just a little bit better today is, is going to be all right. Don't worry about what the guy next to you is doing. Let's just focus on what we need you to do. And, you know, then break the exercises down for them, make them simple you know, but efficient, effective, no real long gym sessions. You know, some of these guys are in there for two, three hours. I don't know what they're doing in there for that long, but you know, get in there and for, for 45 minutes, you know, 45 minutes, I can, I can get a workout in or get you through a workout that it's going to sting pretty good and and we're going to benefit from it. 
Yeah, uh, I totally agree with uh, what you're saying because I I can't spend uh, two to three hours in the, in the gym anymore because I have uh, three small kids and uh, uh, the bodybuilding uh, type exercises they they bore me now. <laughs> so that, that's not me. Uh, so what was the worst day on the fire ground? And if you mind talking about it and how did fitness prepare you for that day? As far as, you know, the worst, I mean, two things that just kind of pop out into my head right away is one was I was not a full-time firefighter yet. I was just a part-time firefighter and we had a, building on fire in a city that we went to all the time. They were the area that we were going to had, had a lot of good fires, um, pull up on scene. It was kind of like a single story raised ranch, it had a basement and heavy, heavy fire in the back of the building, heavy heat throughout the building. So as soon as I made my way through the front door, I just couldn't take the heat Basically, it was so hot that you just knew, okay, something was wrong. A couple of people in front of me, you know, thought that, okay, well, we can get to it and we'll find it. And I just kind of stopped everything real quick and I said, okay, everyone, come on out real fast and let's just figure this thing out before we get too deep inside this building. Soon as we took a step out onto the front lawn, the entire first floor went into the basement. So we all we were all out of the building at that point. But from a fitness standpoint, I think when you are physically fit, it gives you a little bit of a mental edge as well, sure. because you have you have to grind through days in the gym. You have to grind through getting up early in the morning. So that from a fitness standpoint, I didn't use as much fitness because you know it was more just a mental thing. But I attribute to fitness helping aspect of that. And then you get to keep moving through the rest of that fire. You know, your adrenaline is now through the roof because you just saw what could have been you literally 30 seconds ago. So the adrenaline, your heart's racing, you're in your gear, but you're always wearing your gear because you're training or working out. So that, that was that was one. And then one we had, you know, just a, another building fire where we stumbled across a civilian that was in there. And we just, we had been fighting the fire for a pretty significant amount of time. We couldn't get to where he was located because of the heavy volume of fire. And then just from doing one event after another, and then having to carry this, this individual out of the building, you know, weighing, you know, well over 200 pounds, you know, you have to fall back on something, you know, and Again, your fitness level helps you get through those tough moments. Unfortunately, he didn't survive the fire. He, you know, he was a he was a fire casualty at that one. But uh, we still did our best to get him out of that atmosphere and get him into an ambulance and so on and so forth. But those are two that really stick out just right away on what's kind of helped me mentally and you know from a, from a physical aspect. And then just everyday fireground operations, right? You know, throwing ladders, forcing doors carrying all that equipment around, even if it's, even if it's a BS call firearm that we do, you saw your stuff. Yeah. So, you know, the fitness plays a huge role in all that. <clears throat> For sure. Um, so we're going to change things up uh, for the uh, 
towards the end of the podcast here. A uh, little uh, lightheartedness now. Um, this is going to be called uh, No Bull. So uh, rapid fire questions, just uh, one or two word responses, okay? Mm-hmm. All right, awesome. So uh, what's your favorite exercise? Deadlifts. Nice. Awesome. I'm actually doing deadlifts right now. I uh, haven't done, done them in a while. I, I love them. <laughs> uh, Be- Beatles or Elvis? Beatles. It was sung by them? My favorite song by them? Uh, yeah. If I had to say off the top of my head, I'd probably say uh, Eleanor Rigby. Nice. I uh, love the Beatles channel on the Sirius XM. It's about time. <laughs> yeah. Um, any quotes you live by? Uh, get after it. Awesome. That's a really good quote. <laughs> Um, now that is uh, the end of the podcast. Is there any uh, parting remarks you would like to say to the uh, audience that's listening in? Uh, I would say just keep on, you know, getting in your workouts every day. You know, try and start eating a little bit better day at a day, day by day. You don't have to rapidly change what you're doing, um, but if you want to have a long successful career life in general outside of the firehouse or the police department or the military you know those little things need to change if you drink four cans of pop a day try and drink three you know and then eventually try and drink two you know don't don't ever change anything rapidly but uh slowly start to make those changes and before you know it'll be nice and easy and you'll be you'll be feeling better every day Amazing. That's uh, music to my ears. Uh, that's that's perfect. Uh, well, uh, Alex, uh, this has been uh, pretty awesome and uh, really informative. So uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, no problem. And uh, yeah, um, I'll see you guys in a few weeks. Uh, see you. Thanks. Yeah.